Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want a bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special edition of the Action Network podcast. We are going to be breaking down the NFL draft upcoming for 2020. Chris Raybon here with one of the foremost NFL draft experts in the industry, Matthew Friedman. Matt, you ready for this virtual draft? Yeah, it's going to be fun getting to see Roger Goodell's basement. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? (laughs) Probably everybody. (laughs) But what we do want to see is where you have these players uh, mocked because your mock draft is up on actionnetwork.com right now, as are your rookie dynasty ranks. So we're going to get into pick by pick of the first round and uh, we'll talk some dynasty and where you have some guys ranked. So um, let's kick it off with, uh, I don't think there's any... Uh, debate about Joe Burrow going number one is there no I mean everyone's kind of expecting it even Andy Dalton is expecting it at this <laughs> point and you know months ago you could have gotten a better line but at most books that's uh you know minus 10,000 now at a uh, bet 365 a couple of days ago you could get it at 2800 minus 2800 it still might be there but uh no there's not much value in uh looking at Joe Burrow and uh in Dynasty you know I, I have him as kind of like top of a third round pick I, I tend not to value quarterbacks too much in the Dynasty format there is the intriguing possibility of maybe going with uh, Joe Burrow to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 250. Uh, historically, you know, 50% of the time since the league started to shift towards the pass-heavy format in 2004, 50% of the time we've seen quarterbacks win it. And these are, you know, rookies who are starting, you know, the vast majority of their games, 13 to 16 starts for these guys. Burrow is going to be, you know, maybe the only quarterback drafted this year who probably fits that criteria for sure so I think there's already maybe some value in looking at that number but you know if you want to play Burrow you just kind of have to shop around for the best number kind of try to get creative with how you do it what do you think of Joe Burrow 150 to 1 to win MVP no (laughs) I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it Not, not even Kyler Murray was getting odds that good last year and I would have liked Kyler a lot better than Burrow to do it 
Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to see him, uh, you know, behind guys like Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Uh, yeah. <laughs> moving on, so the draft starts to get interesting uh, after Burrow. Uh, the Washington Redskins have the number two pick in the draft. What do you have him doing? Yeah, I mean, Chase Young, uh, edge rusher out of Ohio State. You know, he's he, – I wouldn't say he's like the next Joey Bosa or the next Nick Bosa, but he's very much like in that lineage, and it's pretty much locked in that the Redskins are going with him. So there are a lot of different ways you can attack it, but pretty much I, I've fired all of my missiles at every prop that has anything to do with Young going to the Redskins at number two. Uh, so that's very much how I'm doing it, and you can go for that uh, exacta if you want Burrow number one, Young number two at minus 400, and I think there's some value there. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Uh, moving on to the number three pick. Uh, right now it's the Detroit Lions. There's some rumors that maybe they could move from that spot for a team that maybe wants a quarterback. Uh, what do you think the Detroit Lions are going to do with that pick? I mean, I think they would love to trade down. I just don't think there's necessarily the market for it because, uh, you know, teams I think are content to wait for Justin Herbert to fall to them or they don't really have much of a desire to uh, to trade for Tua Tungavailoa who has uh, some major injury concerns. So uh, I think whether the Lions stay at three or maybe they trade down to five or six, they're going to be looking for a defender and that is probably going to be Jeff Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State, or uh, Derek Brown, a defensive tackle. Uh, either way, I think they're going defender here. And so I think there's some value you could bet on the Lions to draft a defensive player uh, at minus 500. That is a little bit steep, but in literally like every single mock draft I've looked at from respected mockers, they're going with the defensive player there. And it makes sense. Speaking of defense, the Giants did not really have one last season. Right. They're, <laughs> they're in the number four spot. There's kind of some debate. Do they go Tristan Wirfs? Uh, you know, do they go defense? What do you think the New York Giants are going to do here? You know, maybe a few weeks ago, there was some heat on the idea that they could go with Isaiah Simmons, who's, you know, a very versatile linebacker slash safety hybrid. But at this point, it looks pretty certain that they're going with an offensive tackle and maybe they would like to trade down. I just don't think they're going to be able to swing it. Uh, and so maybe it's worse. I was originally thinking that increasingly people are starting to lean towards uh, Jedrick Wills. It's really hard to say, but I think it's very likely that it is uh, an offensive tackle and uh, you can bet on them to, uh, to draft an offensive tackle, an offensive lineman at plus 150. You can bet on them to draft offense. You can bet on Worfs under eight and a half. There are lots of ways to attack that prop. And I should say in the mock draft, I've outlined all of the different ways that I think offer value uh, in which you can bet on all of these different scenarios. Yeah, again, your mock draft and your Dynasty Rookie Rankings up at actionnetwork.com right now. Number five, I think that's where this is where that's it's it, real. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's gonna it's gonna get really interesting because there's two quarterbacks who each potentially could go with the five and the six, you know, or both or both in the top six. Yeah, but we don't know which one's going first. Who do you have? Whether it's Tua or Justin Herbert. I honestly have no idea. Well, last last <laughs> week when I first wrote this, I had Tua going there. And, uh, you know, I still think the majority of the the sharper mocks probably have Tua there. But it has been – like momentum has been growing for Herbert over the past couple of weeks. And honestly, by the time we get to draft day, the mocks are going to be split 50-50 between Tua and Herbert. And I, if I had to redo it again, I would probably go Herbert. Um so, you know, there, there are ways in which uh, you probably could have made some 
decent, like locked in some closing line value by getting Herbert really early on in the process to be the number two quarterback drafted. But uh, I, I do think either way, Herbert is kind of locked in with the, either the Dolphins or the Chargers. But, you know, early on I had Tua going uh, number five to the Dolphins. I think the the clear way to bet Tua is, uh, you know, taking the over of three and a half. Uh, you know, that line has maybe moved to four and a half at some places, but I still think it's fine there. I'm, I'm looking over on Tua's line. So you're buying into the kind of pre-draft rumors that, that have started to circulate that Tua is – essentially not very uh very healthy yeah there are significant concerns and uh they have not only to do with the hip but also just kind of the the general idea circulating that he's just brittle and too small in general so you know i think we just kind of see this sometimes with quarterbacks that aren't like the stereotypical you know like pocket passers but yeah there are just concerns about Tua and in this particular injury and then also just his ability to stay healthy i would draft him yeah, i don't I know I don't, yeah like i like all these rumors just generally kind of strike me as weeks and smoke screens. You don't really know what to believe. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Two, I think, is the most volatile player um, in the top six in terms of where he could go. Let's move on to the Carolina Panthers sitting here at number seven. You mentioned Isaiah Simmons, earlier linebacker out of Clemson. That's who you have mocked to them at number seven. Uh, tell us why. Yeah, I mean, well, Luke Keekley is gone, you know, like their longtime uh, anchor in the middle of that defense. And so, you know, Isaiah Simmons, I think is, he's not exactly the, the same type of player, but I think he works really well with what they like to do. And Carolina has a history of drafting these guys who are kind of like safety linebacker type of hybrids. I think he would work really well with what they want to do. Uh, I could also see them instead of going with Simmons, going with uh, Derek Brown, you know, defensive tackle out of Auburn, talked about him earlier. Uh, I think either one could work there but uh I, I prefer Simmons and I think he addresses just a little bit more uh the the needs that they have in that defense either way uh, I think the Panthers are drafting a defensive player and you can bet on that at minus 250. The Cardinals also had a lot of trouble on defense last year they drafted Kyler Murray they drafted all these receivers that didn't exactly pan out uh, so I think some people think they they could still use some more help on defense but you have them going offense uh, Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle out of Alabama. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to know what to do here, to, to be honest. And, and so, you know, when I did this mock earlier, I had Wills going to the Cardinals, but uh, more people, you know, sharper people are starting to put Derek Brown to the Cardinals. Uh, and I could see that, but uh, I think either way, Wills is a pretty decent bet to make the top 10. So uh, that, that line was at minus 150 when I uh, was first writing this up. I still think that line might be out there. Be sure to check. But I think Wills is a really good bet to be in the top 10. Jacksonville Jaguars picking number nine. Who do you have them looking at? So Derek Brown, this is where uh, he stops falling down the board for me. And, you know, I, I normally don't think that, uh, you know, kind of run stuffing defensive tackles is a smart way to go early in the first round. But, you know, uh, the Jags are a team that really looks to build from the defense in. And uh, they, they certainly need help on the defensive line. Uh, and Brown is just a guy who is easily mockable in the top ten. Uh, and I think one way or another, it's pretty likely that they're going with the defensive player here. But, you know, honestly, though, if Tua falls, I think Tua is the guy. Uh, and, and then also, like, it wouldn't surprise me if, I don't know, like, Jordan Love, like, who knows what this team is going to do, honestly. But uh, here, if Derek Brown is on the board and Tua isn't, I think Derek Brown is probably the guy. I'll say this about the Jags and, you know, Love, Tua. 
I think the I think them wanting a quarterback is a little bit more kind of media hype than um, reality. I think they are happy with Minshew. Obviously, they could probably use um, another player to push him. But I like every sports book you see, like Cam Newton going to the Jags and Jameis Winston is the favorite. It's just like they're the the default team that everyone wants to uh, kind of place a quarterback on. But I think they're pretty happy. Um, you know, actually, Minshew. one more one more prop here. Uh, Derek Brown as the second defensive lineman off the board. Absolutely love that one, and I yeah. got that at minus two seventy eight. I, I mean, I think you bet that to. I don't want to say minus a thousand, but like he has a really good chance to be the number two line uh, defensive lineman off the board. And in general, you're betting a, a lot of more props with uh, with some juice because that's where you're finding more of the value, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, even though something is kind of probable to happen, that doesn't mean that the books are still uh, evaluating that properly. The Cleveland Browns, speaking of not evaluating properly, I know a lot of us were excited about Baker Mayfield last year. Uh, Just go back and look at the uh, Brown season to to see how that worked out. It did not. They could use an offensive lineman. Uh, Do you have them taking one at number 10? Yeah, I went originally with Mackay backed in. If I were to do this again, and obviously I'm going to be updating the mock as we get closer to the draft, I would put Andrew Thomas here. But either way, I'm going offensive tackle. Uh, Becton had a kind of questionable drug test at the combine, so I think he's going to slip down a little bit. Uh, but I still think he's going to uh, to be drafted pretty high in the first round. Uh, but yeah, so Becton, uh, either way, I'm still betting over eight and a half. Uh, I don't think he gets drafted uh, in the top eight. I do think the Browns draft an offensive player here. Uh, you can bet that at minus 400. Uh, unless someone, you know, I don't, I don't know even who would be like Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, one of those guys would have to fall down to maybe make them think about a defensive player, but they just, they need an offensive tackle here. And there are two really good guys on the board. I think they grab one here. Speaking of offense, the Buccaneers seemingly upgraded with Tom Brady and they could use some help to protect him. You have the Bucks going O-line as well. Yeah, so I have them in this mock. I have them trading up to number 11. Uh, they have the 14th pick. I'll probably, and when I update this, have them staying there. But yeah, they need an offensive tackle. They've pretty much indicated that that is where they are looking. I think they might need to trade up to get one. Uh, and if you're the Jets, I think you're maybe fine trading down because you you go, I think, offensive tackle, you go wide receiver. There are a number of things you could do. You could trade down a little bit, still get a guy you like and be able to you know, get some more draft capital. But yeah, I think for the Buccaneers, Andrew Thomas, as the offensive tackle here on the board and you only have to trade up three spots to get him absolutely love that and uh, I do think one way or another the Bucks are likely to go with an offensive player so you can bet on that and I think the next these these next few picks coming up are for everyone out there you know into dynasty and the fantasy this is where it really starts to get interesting because you have the Jets as you just mentioned you have the Oakland Raiders you have the uh, you know the Broncos and the Bucks. And then you have these three wide receivers, Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, and Jerry Judy. How do you see it shaking out uh, between those – and the Niners are what, as well are in that. Uh, how do you see it shaking out between uh, those three wideouts and where they end up going? Yeah, so, uh, you know, pretty aggressively early on in draft season, uh, we were betting on Ruggs to be the first oh, yeah. wide receiver off the board. I really don't think there's any value there anymore. But, uh, you know, Ruggs to the Raiders at number 12 just seems to make a little too much sense in terms of like a legacy of like drafting fast wide receivers. And, you know, Ruggs definitely has that. And we've seen fast wide receivers increasingly valued in the league and going higher in the draft. So, you know, I have Ruggs going to number 12. That's I certainly don't think of him as the number one wide receiver in the class, but uh, I like him a lot at that point. 
pick, I have Jerry Judy going number 13 to the 49ers. Uh, love that landing spot for him, and, you know, for, for him and also for the team. You know, I think he's just a, an all-around great wide receiver. Uh, and then 14 at the Jets there uh, traded down uh, with the Bucks. I have them going with uh, CeeDee Lamb who uh, a lot of people think is the number one receiver in the class, especially in terms of fantasy. Uh, I have Judy ranked just a little bit higher, but honestly, it, it might come down to landing spot, ultimately, when it comes down to Judy versus Lamb and Dynasty. I honestly like all three of those guys, and Judy and Lamb in particular, I, I think have the potential to be you know, uh, like top 10 type of wide receivers in the league uh, in a couple of years. Yeah, so let's talk about this. You know, your dynasty ranks are obviously up at action as well. Uh, so, you, so you're saying you like uh, Judy over over Lamb and Rugs? Yeah, I do. I like. I have Judy as the number one receiver on my board, and you know, some some people don't like it, but uh, you know, he's young. He was a Bolitnikoff Award winning wide receiver at Alabama, despite having like potentially three other first round wide receivers to compete with. He still had a thousand yards receiving in two straight seasons. 10 plus touchdowns in two straight seasons. Uh, there's, there's really not much to dislike about what he does. He's not like a big body dominant wide receiver, but he's so smooth and he can play all three positions on the field. There's just a lot to like about him. What is your kind of top, top metric or just top uh, kind of indicator or predictor you're looking at in general when you're, uh, you're looking at the, the top wide receivers in the class each year? Yeah, so a lot of it is kind of like a, a combination of production and size and then like looking at kind of previous guys who were like that and what they've done. And uh, one, one thing that just gives me a little bit of pause about Lamb is because of his body type, he's I think like 6'3", 198 pounds. There really aren't all that many guys who have that type of frame who actually have a lot of success in the NFL. And that's not to say that he can't. It's just people talk about him as if he's a like DeAndre Hopkins type of player. And it's like, yeah, but Hopkins is like 6'1", 214 pounds. Like Hopkins plays a, a bully style of ball because he's built like a bully. Lamb is not built like a, a bully, you know? And like he entered college at 170 pounds. Like he's already done a really good job to bulk up close to 200. Like I wonder how much more he can really put on without it really affecting his style of play. So we just, we just kind of have to see. I have just a few more questions about Lamb. All right, moving on to the uh, kind of the meat of the draft here in the first round. You have the Broncos, you have the uh, Falcons, you have the Cowboys uh, with, those, with those 15 through 17 picks. Uh, and you have all three of those teams in your mock going defense. Yeah, this this is sort of, I think, the place where we start to see some of those key defenders coming off the board. Javon Kinlaw, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. Some people actually have him ahead of Derrick Brown. He's uh, actually the better pass rusher of the two, uh, and that's kind of like really where his skill set is. I could see him going with the Broncos because they do need some uh, help along the, the defensive line. But I, in all honesty, I'm not super satisfied with that pick. I think it's kind of hard to know what they're going to do. I could see them going with a wide receiver here if one of those guys falls to them, potentially a cornerback. It's just hard to know. With the Falcons, I have them going uh, with uh, C.J. Henderson, uh, who I think is a lock to be the number two cornerback off of the board. You could bet this in a number of ways. You know, a week ago, you could bet under 17 and a half, but like that line has moved uh, and now it's, I believe, over 12 and a half. So maybe you were able to grab it and get a nice middling opportunity in there. But um, yeah, uh, the way I would bet this second cornerback uh, for C.J. Henderson, uh, easy. Like, 
in no mock draft have I seen any cornerback drafted ahead of him besides Okuda. And like in 100% of drafts, it's gone Okuda, C.J. Henderson. And there's a really big tier gap between Henderson and all of the other cornerbacks who might go in round one. And then uh, Caleb Vaughn, Chase on, uh, edge defender out of LSU. Uh, really like him uh, in this landing spot for the Cowboys. Like, uh, I think they're looking defense here. Maybe it would be a reach, but I think uh, center Cesar Ruiz uh, to replace Travis Frederick. Uh, maybe they go with something like that. But it, outside of that, uh, I think they're clearly looking defense here. And uh, I think it makes sense to go with someone on the defensive line, an edge rusher in particular, or maybe a cornerback. But at this point, I think they would be reaching a little bit, especially with C.J. Henderson off the board. So whether it's Chase on who falls here or Henderson who falls here, I feel like it's one of those guys. And number 18, we have the Dolphins, another fascinating situation and I think decision because this is a pick that they could use as, uh, you know, trade ammunition to, to move yeah. around. They could go a number of ways. They need help pretty much everywhere, even though they, they've done some things in free agency. What do you have the Dolphins doing at number 18 with that pick that they got from the Steelers from Minka Fitzpatrick? Yeah, some people have uh, safety Xavier McKinney uh, going here, who is basically like literally the replacement to uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, both uh, at Alabama and then also you know, on the Dolphins. But uh, they need offensive tackle help here. They can maybe get uh, McKinney a little bit later. So I go uh, with Josh Jones here, offensive tackle out of Houston. There are a couple of ways you can maybe bet on him, but uh, Jones going before uh, Austin Jackson. Uh, you can bet on that at minus 110, and I absolutely love that prop. The Oakland Raiders are up at number 19, and notoriously they've had you know shaky defense, especially on the perimeter. Uh, you have them uh, potentially going with a cornerback at number 19. Yeah, I'm not thrilled with this one. And to be honest, when I update this mock, I might have them going with quarterback Jordan, uh, Jordan Love here. I mean, honestly, because like they're, they're not thrilled with Derek Carr. It's hard to know what they're going to do. And this is their second pick uh, in the first round. So, you know, I think they need a cornerback. And uh, Christian Fulton, I think, is someone who has a pretty good chance of going uh, in the first round, was a five-star recruit. I think he played pretty well at, uh, at LSU. And, you know, he's the type of a physical cornerback who I think could fit really well with what the Raiders want to do. But uh, it's, it's honestly kind of hard to know what to do with this pick in particular. And let's talk about Jordan Love uh, a bit because the over-under for where he goes at DraftKings Sportsbook as we tape this is 19 and a half. And the over is uh, juiced up to minus 177. The under is at plus 144. Uh, which way – so you, you're leaning that uh, he may actually go under. I think there's a chance. You know, it's just hard to know. Like Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, I wouldn't have thought those guys should go in the top ten, but it ended up happening. I could honestly see it happening with Jordan Love. If I had to lean one direction, I would lean towards the over. Um, but I think starting at 19 with the Raiders, that is kind of like the beginning of the territory where it starts to make sense for Jordan Love. But you do see like, you know, 20 to the Jags, that's a possibility. 23 to, I mean, I don't think the Patriots would take him, but like, you know, hey, in theory, they need a quarterback. Some people are thinking that the Saints could take him at number 24. Like, but starting at 19 is that range where I think he starts to go off the board. Uh, speaking of the Jags, they are sitting at number 20 with the pick from the Rams and the Jalen Ramsey deal. Uh, you have them currently going with uh, secondary. 
Yeah, safety Xavier McKinney. I don't love the pick. It's honestly, it's hard to know what to do with them right here. And maybe I would give them Jordan Love uh, if I do this again. But uh, they do need help in the secondary. And I think McKinney is a little bit more of a sure thing in comparison to some of the like the cornerbacks that they could take here. And like they need they need help all over the place. So uh, McKinney is a guy who was pretty locked into the first round. And at a certain point, it was just like the guys who I know or I feel pretty confident are going in the first round, I just need to slot them to some teams. So that is kind of what's happening here. Oh, by the way, I should say though, first safety off the board, minus 200, really like Xavier McKinney as the first safety off the board. Yeah, you have seven, seven uh, props posted on your mock uh, for McKinney. So uh, people be sure to check those out. Uh, But yeah, the, the Eagles, man. I mean, yeah. Everyone seems to think they need a wide receiver. It's kind of a weird situation because there's a lot of older veteran guys who could be good. And then there's Arcega Whiteside who did nothing last year. Uh, you have them going with Justin Jefferson, uh, the wide out out of LSU, ran a four four three. Why? Yeah, I mean, part of it is just because uh, he's locked into the first round and uh, they seem to need a wide receiver. Like every, every mock draft I've seen has him going with a wide receiver here, which means that it's almost a lock not to happen. But uh, I mean, they, they need a wide receiver. Justin uh, Jefferson is locked into the first round. And uh, honestly, like uh, Nelson Aguilar is gone. They let him walk in free agency. And he's basically like an Aguilar clone, except better. I uh, played primarily in the slot with LSU. Like he, he fits in perfectly into that offense. So uh, it's a, it's a pick where you see it mocked in literally every draft. I don't want to do it just because you see everyone else do it, but like it makes a ton of sense. Moving on to number 22, the Minnesota Vikings, speaking of a ton of sense, lost a, a bunch of cornerbacks uh, in free agency this year. You have them going with Trevon Diggs, a uh, corner out of Alabama. Yeah, when I do this, it will not be Diggs going uh, to the, the Vikings. I really doubt that they are going to uh, trade Stefan Diggs to the Bills and then use that same draft pick on his brother. I just don't think that that's going to happen. But I do know that they need a cornerback one way or another. And uh, I I do think that Diggs belongs in the first round. Uh, So I just kind of, you know, tentatively slotted him here to the Vikings. Uh, And so, you know, you can bet on uh, whether Diggs will or won't be a first rounder. You can bet on the number of uh, Alabama players to be drafted uh, in the first round. I think Diggs does go in the first round. And so I would take over five and a half. Um, and you can also bet on Diggs being drafted before AJ Terrell. Uh, there's a possibility for that as well, but, uh, yeah, Diggs, I think goes in the first round. And so I would say over five and a half Alabama players drafted in round one. I do like that. Now the next team on the board is the Patriots. And when you wrote this up, uh, you start out uh, with the Patriots at number 23 uh, with the player you have mocked saying, "Ugh, I hate this pick. I do. It's, it's Jordan, Jordan Love. If there's one team I had to bet won't draft Jordan Love, it would be the New England Patriots. Like, honestly, just everything that I've read and heard about Bill Belichick, like, he doesn't like project type of quarterbacks, and that's what Jordan Love is. Um, but I, I have to get him on the first round board somewhere. And uh, this is a pick where I think it just kind of makes some sense to do it because, like, maybe the Patriots draft and like they need a quarterback, but you know, like I'm not thrilled with the, the particulars of this player going to this team, but Jordan love has a pretty good chance to be drafted in this general range. So I just put him on the board. Uh, if I actually had to project 
or like when I update this, who the Patriots draft, I think there's a decent chance that they go with an edge defender. Uh, and I would think that might be AJ Epinesa uh, out of Iowa. The New Orleans Saints are up next. You have them going with Kenneth Murray. You also mentioned you could see them taking love as well. Yeah, some people have that on the board. I don't see it as much just because they they do have Taysom Hill there. But, you know, some people think it's a possibility with it kind of being a near certainty that this is Drew Brees' last season. But I think they need defense. You know, like their linebacking core is not really all that good. And uh, Kenneth Murray, I think he's the number one linebacker on the board. You can bet on that. And I think that's a a pretty decent bet. You can also bet on Murray being drafted before uh, before Patrick Queen. Um, So... I, uh, I do like Murray as the guy who could be kind of the centerpiece of that, uh, that defense that is pretty good, but is just not as good as it could be in the middle of it. Next up, we have the Vikings. They need a receiver. You have him going with Denzel Mims. Talk to me about him and where you have him ranked in Dynasty. Yeah, uh, I like Mims quite a bit. Uh, he's not exactly like a one-for-one replacement of Stefan Diggs, but he does have a little bit of the same skill set of being able to get deep on a defense. But like really, uh, he's got some like Chris Godwin type of physical skills uh, just in terms of like his size, his speed. Uh, he was productive at Baylor. I mean, there's a lot to like about him. Uh, in terms of dynasty, uh, for me, he's definitely a, a locked in round one guy. Uh, and whether that's kind of the middle of the first round in rookie drafts or like the second half of the first round, kind of wherever it is, like, uh, I have him as the number four wide receiver on my board. Actually, let me for number five wide receiver on the board, but, uh, I like him quite a bit. And like, if he ended up actually being the number one production uh pro- like or the number one receiver just in this class like three five years from now it, it wouldn't be surprising at all because again he just he does have that sort of like quote-unquote like alpha potential he's not like a smooth route runner or anything like that but like if he wins in the nfl it's because he's just like purely dominant from a physical perspective 26 you have the dolphins going patrick queen 27 the seahawks going with offensive tackle austin jackson out of usc 28, you have the Ravens going with Yatur Gross Matos out of Penn State. Uh, 29, the Titans with Epinesa out of Iowa. And then 30, you have the Packers going with a wide receiver uh, as well. Patrick Queen, I think he deserves to be in the first round. And uh, the Dolphins, they need some help with linebacker. That's just kind of, you know, just sliding him in there. Austin Jackson, uh, I think he has a good chance to go in the first round, and the Seahawks need an offensive tackle. Yetro Gross Matos, like we see that the Ravens historically invest in the edge rusher position. And Gross Matos, uh, I think, kind of fits well with that team and uh, their overall strategy. Epinesa, uh, I think he's a, a good pick by the Titans at number 29. And mentioned Higgins at, at the Packers, number 30. Uh, they are regularly mocked with a, uh, a wide receiver at this spot. And uh, Higgins is the guy who's on the top of my board there. Uh, I think he has a pretty good chance of going in round one. If not, uh, you know, I think day two is a lock for him. And you just look at those wide receivers who have come out of Clemson over you know, the past decade uh, under uh, Dabo Sweeney. And uh, I, I think we have a guy who has a pretty high probability of NFL success and people aren't appreciating it the way that they should. So I uh, absolutely love Higgins as a guy who's probably going to be available near the bottom of round one in rookie drafts. I think he will vastly outperform that draft position. Who do you like best out of Higgins, uh, Mims, and, and Brandon Ayuk? 
I do have Mims right before Higgins and then Higgins before Ayuk, but it's, it's really close between Mims and Higgins. And honestly, it has to do with the fact that I do think Mims will be drafted. I think Mims will be drafted on day one and Higgins will be drafted on day two. That's the big distinguisher between them right now. Wrapping up the first round, we have the 49ers at number 31 and the Chiefs at number 32. You have both of them taking cornerbacks. Yeah, it's honestly, it's so hard to know what to do here. But with the, the 49ers, uh, I have them going with A.J. Terrell, a uh, cornerback out of Clemson. You know, he's a, a physical guy, was highly recruited. Uh, after this season, like their top five cornerbacks will not be under contract. So like they, they need someone. And uh, I think better to, to get that guy now instead of trying to do it next season. Uh, and then for the Chiefs, you know, they lost some secondary pieces, slot corner slash safety. Kendall Fuller is gone. Free safety, Juan Thornhill uh, had a season-ending injury. Rashad Breland is on a one-year deal. Like I, I think they'll need some secondary help. And uh, Jeff Gladney from TCU is a guy that I think can kind of fit into the slot or play outside. Uh, he's a, a physical type of player who plays above his weight. Uh, you know, I think he's a pretty good guy to sign there. Boom. We threw round one. Great stuff. As always, Let's uh, let's quickly talk about some of the other guys you like in the draft. Who are a couple of players from uh, you know day two rounds two and three uh, that stand out? Let's talk about those running backs. I mean, DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor. Uh, right now, you can bet on whether there will be a running back taken in round one, and so you know over under 0.5 running backs in round one. And right now, you can bet on the under at you know plus 200. Sometimes even a line that's better than that. And honestly, it's 50-50. So that is one of my favorite bets on the board. Uh, under on 0.5 running backs taken in round one. But you know, even if Swift or Taylor, even if those guys don't go in round one. Still absolutely love them uh, for, for Dynasty. Those are the guys at the top of my board. A lot of uh, Dynasty analysts have Taylor ranked ahead of Swift. I have Swift ahead of Taylor by just a little bit. And, you know, it's because of his receiving ability. The, the moment he enters the league, he's going to be one of the top five receiving backs. And uh, I think he's still good enough as a runner, close enough to Taylor as a runner, uh, to where the, the edge that Taylor has over him in that department uh, won't be enough to cover the the massive edge that Swift will have over Taylor as a receiving back. Uh, you know, I could see Swift being like a 60, 70 catch guy as early as his first year. And especially in a PPR format, that will mean a lot. So I really like Swift, but also have a lot of respect for Taylor. And, you know, again, those two guys are at the top of the board for me. Uh, and let's close it out by talking a couple more running backs. J.K. Dobbins, out of Ohio State, Cam Akers, FSU. Uh, those are your next two backs in, in Dynasty. What do you think of their prospects? Yeah, I like them quite a bit. You know, I'm lower on them just in terms of like where they are on my board than I think a lot of people. And that's just because I tend to value wide receivers. And I think we're going to have a number of those guys go in round one and round two. And just as kind of a matter of principle, long term, I think it's better to be investing in round one, round two wide receivers than round two, round three running backs. But that said, I still do like Dobbins and especially Akers. I mean, I'm, I'm writing up the player profile for him right now, and I just think he's absolutely going to crush. Like he was a, a five-star recruit, you know, number five in the nation entering college, a three-year starter. He didn't do anything in college to make you think that he can't have success. And then he just tore up the combine. He's 217 pounds and ran under a 4.5. Like he, he has like 
Marshawn Lynch or like Ladanian Tomlinson capabilities actually like and and I don't say that lightly like he probably won't get there but like he has that potential in his range of outcomes so you know to be able to get acres you know as someone as like the number four number five back off of the board like that's really good value anything else you want to tell the people before uh, before we get out of here no, just be sure to, you know, stay tuned. We're going to uh, be releasing a lot more content uh, this upcoming week. Uh, of course, I will be updating the mock draft. And then, you know, shortly after the draft is concluded, uh, I'm going to be unleashing uh, my top 50 uh, rookie dynasty rankings, probably the Monday after the draft, maybe even the Sunday after the draft. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. ActionNetwork.com. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattFTheOracle. And you can find me at Chris Raybon. Be sure to rate and review the show on Spotify. Until next time, let's get this money. We're finished talking.